Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Back to Ashes. My name is Phoenix. I'd like to give a very special shout-out to the reformed members of Back to Ashes. Disenchanted Tear, Through Scrutiny, Samantha Place, Lisa Radford, Tina Mead, Stephanie McLaren, Corpse Lover, Mana Ash, Norman D.W., Chrissy Elias, Cindy Cleveland, and Patty's Niece. I'd like to thank those that donated to my GoFundMe. That is actually still taking donations. Also, if you'd like to become a member of Back to Ashes, all of that information can be found down below. Also, if you are enjoying what you are hearing, please don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and comment. Make sure to set your notifications to all, that way you don't miss every time I upload a new video. Now, with all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes. For once we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, stronger, and happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in to get warm, and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Creepy Encounters. Right after this intro and ad will play, I'll read the first story and ad will play, and after that there will be no more ads within this video. I go to Planet Fitness every other day, and I noticed a worker who cleans the floors and the massage chair rooms each time I go. I thought nothing of him until I was on the treadmill, and he started cleaning the treadmills from the front at the bottom. I'm not sure how to describe it, but he was bending over and had a full view of my legs and crotch area. He started five treadmills away from me and even cleaned a machine while a guy was on it. He gets to me, and I'm uncomfortable with how close he was getting to my legs. It takes him longer to clean. He then cleans the machine on my left. Nobody was on it, but only the tread part, and he goes on his hands and knees and cleans the entire treadmill and takes a very long time. He didn't do this to any other treadmill. I noticed he didn't clean the treadmills that an old lady and a man were using in front of me. I was wearing my new yoga shorts and was excited to work out that day until this happened. Now I feel conflicted. So, am I overthinking or is he just doing his job? Or is he just a creep? One day, we stopped at a rest stop in Florida. I've been to this particular stop several times, and I must note that I've always picked up a creepy vibe from it. 
Then again, it's a rest stop. What do you expect? Anyways, I got out of the car and walked to the ladies' room. When you walked in, there were sinks on the left, stalls on the right, and straight ahead at the end of the room was a door labeled, staff only. So I went into a stall and did my business. When I stepped out, I started washing my hands, and everything was normal. Suddenly, I heard a door open, so I glanced to my right, fully expecting to see someone walking out of a stall. To my surprise, it was a man walking out of the staff-only door. I stood there for a minute, just staring at him as he stared back. He shuffled over to a stall and walked inside, then walked out, and started heading to the stall next to it. I didn't take the time to see what he was doing. I got out of there pretty quickly. It was pretty damn creepy. I thought about how it could have all been a misunderstanding. Maybe he thought it was empty and he had to clean. The only problem was he had no cleaning supplies. And usually a female would clean the girls' room. There should have been a female co-worker there with them. If he did have to clean the bathroom. It could have been innocent, but it creeped me the hell out. This happened back in December of 2018. I worked as a CNA at a place about 40 minutes away from me, and my shift ends at 11 p.m. This night, I stopped at a gas station, only about six minutes away from my house, to fill up my tank. While my gas is pumping, a big van pulls up and decides to park at the pump in front of me, instead of the tons of empty pumps. One man hops out of the passenger side, opens the trunk doors, and starts to head towards me. Now, at this gas station, pallets of salt bags were placed in between pumps outside. In my head, I thought he was going towards the pallet due to the crazy snow we were having. Instead, he walks past the pallet right up to my car. Once he reaches my car, my first instinct told me to pull out my pepper spray and say, If you take one more step, I am going to budging blind you. Not sure why I chose those words. He turns around immediately, shuts the trunk doors, and hops in the passenger seat again. The van peels off, and that was that. Not a super long or crazy story, but still pretty terrifying when it's happening to you. So please, if you work till the late hours of the night, avoid the gas stations. I used to hang out with my cousin a lot. We were both 10 at the time of this encounter, and I'm now 33. It has stayed with me ever since. We'd mostly spend our youth roaming the streets, not causing any trouble, but kicking footballs around fields, climbing, hanging out with kids our age, you know, the typical stuff before iPads and Netflix became commonplace. One day, we decided to go and explore a part of town that we'd never explored before. It meant going through alleyways and back streets. The trail would actually end approximately two to three minutes from my house, which was the safe part of the neighborhood. It was a sunny day, albeit not too warm, 
and my cousin and I had been walking for what seemed like miles. The journey we'd planned was supposed to go on for longer, but we got bored and decided to take a detour home. The detour involved cutting through an alleyway that looked a little bit like the Coronation Street, Ginnell, if anyone is familiar with the TV show. To the left of us were terraced houses and to the right of us still fences with sharp points to deter any would-be thieves. We continued up here and soon enough, one of the kids from our school lived there, and his mom shouted, What are you boys doing here? We ran, and I don't know why we just didn't like her son and her tone was accusatory. As we ran, we bumped into another kid. Don't go that way he said, as his voice trailed off as he ran further and further away from us, down the opposite end of the alleyway. We shrugged and continued on. It got darker with the trees and foliage, but we soon emerged from the alley. And that's when we saw the lone boy. A boy aged 10 to 12 stood there. His eyes were empty. He had a vacant look on his face. Well, the half of his face that we could see well enough. Above his mouth was covered with a veil, somewhat like a Halloween mask of some description. Except it was June. Halloween was months away. As we got closer, we noticed the boy had a kitchen knife in his hands. I mean a fully, real, stainless steel kitchen knife. Both hands on the handle. The sunlight made the blade glisten. We cracked a joke. Cooking outside? But he looked at us blankly. No emotion. Nothing. We were too freaked out to move. And that's when we realized he hadn't moved either. Not a muscle. We saw him blink, but physically, the knife hadn't been raised up or pointed at us. Just held closely to his chest, blade pointing upwards. We figured we should get away because instinct told us this was weird and a bit freaky. Going back down the alley didn't seem like a safe option. Being stuck in an alleyway with a strange kid with a knife didn't seem smart. In front of us was a road on a steep hill. It was our best bet. We walked to the top of the hill, keeping an eye on the kid. The top of the hill was two to three minutes from my house in terms of distance. At last... We felt safe. As we looked back down the hill, the lone kid had put the knife by his leg, now holding it in one hand, but remained in the exact same spot and stared right back up at us, expressionless. We told our parents what had happened and they called a local community enforcement team to scout the area for us. Apparently, the kid was found with the knife, but we never heard why he was there or what he was doing. 23 years after it happened, it's still on my mind and still gives me the creeps. I am not sure if I'm being irrational in my fear, so I thought it to be best to write about it and to see if others agree or not. I love going on walks by myself. I struggle with mental health issues and my walks alone, especially on sunny days, have been one of the only things to help alleviate my spirals into such. About a week ago, I had gone on one of my walks like normal. 
I started it and had noticed a guy on a motorized bike pass by the street in front of me and had the thought of, that is the guy that was hanging out at the gas station who was eyeing me the last time I went on a walk. But other than that, I was like, I'm sure he's just going on a ride. Don't think too much about it. I walked down a few blocks just listening to my music and enjoying the sun when I saw him again. Two blocks down, crossing the street. But this time he had stopped in the middle of the road, mid-crossing the street, and I saw him looking in my direction. This set an alarm off in my head, so I took my headphones off while continuing to walk so I could have a bit more awareness of my surroundings. I decided to turn right on the block I was on because I was not wanting to meet up with that guy. As I got down towards the end of the block, I heard his bike again, so I turned out to see if he was an eye shot. He was. He was at the church on the next block over, on the same street, parked. And he was looking in my direction again. I only looked for a couple of seconds because I was scared if he saw me looking at him. He would think I wanted to talk to him. The road I was on leads directly to an isolated road where there is a large field and not many houses. This is the usual path I take on my walks, but I had a very strong gut feeling telling me not to go that way this time, so I had turned the corner on the street that takes me directly back to my house. It felt almost as if he was waiting to see which direction I was going to take, because as soon as I turned, I heard his bike rev up again. I was starting to feel quite panicked, so I started to, like, rapid-fire text my boyfriend, just as a someone-needs-to-know-my-location type of thing. As I got to the block in front of my house, ready to cross the street to come home, I saw him a block down to my right, yet again crossing the street, and he was looking around as if he were searching. I quickly walked across the street before he saw me and ran into my house. Am I being irrational in my fear? I will say I do have PTSD and deal with quite severe hypervigilance because of it. But my gut feeling was so intense, it was almost like a weird intuition thing. I haven't gone on a walk since it happened. I keep pepper spray on me everywhere I go, but I am of small stature and feel as though I don't have much strength to be able to fight off an attack, so I'm just spooked. So, to all of you, please be aware of your surroundings no matter the time of day, and especially if you go out on walks. This all occurs on January 21st, 2019. I was 24 and a waitress at a restaurant in Ohio. I came into work like any other day to open. My first table was two people, a man and woman, whom I will name Dale and Sarah. I seated them and proceed to take their drink orders. They both ordered drinks from the bar and some soda. When I came back with their drinks, I complimented my name, Mara. They were saying how unique and beautiful it was, which I get all the time, so it's not weird to me. I asked if they were ready to order any appetizers. They ordered two different ones. As I was going to step away to put in their order, Dale asked me if I had a boyfriend. I said, yes, I do. Dale said, of course, 
a girl as beautiful as you has a boyfriend. He continued to tell me how beautiful I was. Dell then told me that he and Sarah are just friends. When I came back with our appetizers, I saw I had another table to tend to right next to them. As I started talking to the other table, Dell and Sarah were trying to get my attention. Dell was pulling on my shirt. I ignored it, thinking how rude of him. When I came back to Dell and Sarah, Dell asked if I found Sarah attractive. I found this to be very strange to ask your waitress, but I didn't want to be rude because I wanted a tip, so I answered yes. He then proceeds to grab my wrist and pull me closer to him and ask me if I ever watch pornography. I felt my face go beat red. I laughed out of nervousness and said I don't want to answer that. Dell and Sarah both laughed. I walked away to check on the other tables. When I went back to them to give them their entrees and another round of beer, they proceeded to get more inappropriate. Dell asked me if I ever had a threesome. I didn't answer, and when I didn't, he asked me if I wanted to have one with them. Again, my face went beet red and I just walked away and went to tell my manager. My manager asked how big of a bill it was so far which was around $70. My manager then told me they're almost done eating and to ignore it until they're done. He didn't want to kick them out because of how much they were ordering, so my dumbass said okay and went back to tend to their table. By this time, they have been here for three hours. They took up most of the time considering we were only open for dinner, which is six hours. I had to give up tables because they wouldn't stop talking to me for 15 minutes non-stop. And when I tried to walk away, Dell would either grab my hand or wrist. Sarah asked me what time we close. I said 10. Again, they asked for more beer. Sarah then asked if I will come home with them after I'm off. I replied, no thank you. Dell was begging me, saying we could have a threesome, that it would be fun. I was so disgusted. How he kept grabbing my wrist, telling me about the toys he has. I had enough at this point and went to the back and told another waiter to drop off their check. As he came back to the kitchen, he told me they wanted to ask me something before they paid. So, of course, my dumbass went out there just so they would pay and leave. Sarah and Dell both told me that they will come back at close to get me from work. My heart dropped and I rushed back to the kitchen. I told my manager I'm not going back out there until they are gone. My manager then went back out to grab their payment and they were no longer there. They left without paying or tipping on a $90 bill. I was so angry because I had to give up tables because Dell kept grabbing me to stay and talk to them for 15 minutes throughout the night. They wouldn't let me leave their table. At the end of the night, I asked one of the kitchen guys to walk me to my car. Thank God Sarah and Dale were nowhere in sight. After this day, I've learned to speak up and no longer let men walk all over me or take advantage of me in any sort of way. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. 
We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm 19. I was at a mall in France with my friend on the afternoon, which was around 4 p.m. After a few hours in that mall, we decided to go home. For that, we had to take the subway. The subway station was underneath the mall, so we took the escalators to go to the station. She was behind me at my right in the escalators. I suddenly felt someone staring at me and being really close to me. I naturally thought it was my friend, but it wasn't. I turned my head and saw my friend looking at the man who was standing right behind me. I first thought he wanted to overtake me to go faster in the escalators, so I moved to let him pass. At this point, I'm at the right on the escalators. My friend is just behind me, and the man is in front of me, at the left. But weirdly, he wasn't watching in front of him. He was turned around to stare at me. At this point, I understood that he didn't want to go faster, but just being close to me for some reasons, I didn't want to know. My friend and I were a little bit confused. We were talking to make it less weird and awkward. As we walked off the escalators to take the stairs that leads up to the station, the man was still in front of us and suddenly stopped to walk. He turned around, stopped me, asked me where the mall was, which made no sense as we were in it. I politely told him that we were in the mall. Then he started to walk faster as he saw me wanting to go to the station. He was next to me and asked me if I wanted to become his mistress. He seemed thrilled and tried to convince me by saying he would buy me a lot of clothes and that I would become his doll. At this point, I knew that I'd better run away with my friend as fast as we could. We started to run. We took the stairs, and as fast as we could enter the station, we did. We stopped to check to see if he was following us. Fortunately, he wasn't. A few weeks later, I was on the train with another friend. We were talking about the mall, saying that we should go together someday. As we were talking about the mall, I told her what happened to me last time I went there. She seemed confused and asked me to describe that man, so I described him as a white, chubby, short man, mid-fifties with gray short hair. She looked even more confused, and then she told me that last time she was at the mall with a friend of hers, a man who looked exactly like my description came up to them and asked for the direction of the mall. After they answered to him, they went to the McDonald's in the mall. They were at the order machine and noticed the man was standing right behind them. My friend turned around and asked him why did he follow them. He started to say some incoherent things and finally asked for their numbers, saying to them how attractive they were. They both told him to leave, but he wouldn't. He finally left because of the amount of people who were entering the place. So I conclude that this man has his own modus operandi and his location. I haven't gone to that mall since because of lack of time and then quarantine. So I don't know if he's currently still hanging in that mall. Next time I go there, I will check to see if he's there or not. If he is, I'll make an update. I know that those kind of things happen a lot, but 
I felt insecure that day, and I wondered what would have happened if there were less people around us. I grew up in Fort Myers, Florida, one of the most southern points of the state. Our neighborhood wasn't inherently dangerous, but could be seedy at times. Questionable characters weren't uncommon, but not anticipated. One day, when I was about six or seven, my friend and I wanted to have a lemonade stand in my driveway. We were pretty young, and my mom and grandma watched us from the front porch, so no one thought anything of it. Everything was fairly normal at first. Most customers consisted of a few high school girls on their way to the mall, an elderly couple walking their terrier, a young man presumably on his way to work. At one point, my mom went inside to make lunch, and my grandma had gone to the restroom. Neither could have been gone more than ten minutes, but for one crucial minute, their absences overlapped. An eggshell van with windows illegally tinted, opaque, pulled in, parking along the curb where the sidewalk dips into our driveway. The engine did not stop. The car merely idled and parked as the back glass on the driver's side rolled down. You girls selling drinks? A rusty voice crackled from a very fair, thin man with stubble and smoker's teeth. His hair was short if it could even be considered present. His eyes were hooded and dark, despite being blue. The white tank top he wore had nondescript staining, and his arms looked dirty, a thin veil of gray polishing them. Yes, sir, my friend answered naively. She began to pour a glass for him, giddy and unaware. We were saving up for scooters. The man's voice was unsteady and urgent as he asked, would you mind bringing that over here? I'm in a rush and can't get out of the car. My friend handed me the drink and said, Of course she will. I stared at the cop, something pressing my heels to the concrete driveway. He must have sensed my apprehension, since that was the moment he pulled out a $50 bill, seemingly from nowhere, and began to wave it in the window. I couldn't tell what was urging me to stay put when there was a yellow brick road leading me to a new scooter, and then some. I walked to the van, assuring myself that we would pack up and go inside after this transaction, since we would have made so much. Somehow that made me feel better, like this would be over quickly, and this man would be gone, 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 never to look at me again. I held the drink out to him and said, here you go. In a predatory flash, his iron grip swallowed my petite wrist whole, closing my arm into a headlock of sweat and dirt that had caked into his palms. I felt his nails dig into my flesh for a split second. The sound of my mom calling my name made my head turn. She was bounding out of the house with speed only a mother has. As quickly as it happened, his hand released mine. Never have three to five seconds felt so much like an eternity. The van reversed into our neighbor's mailbox, only to continue rocketing down the street until it disappeared by turning down the main road behind our corner. We couldn't see the license plate that way. The cops were called, a report was made, and eventually the incident was dropped. Without a plate, there wasn't much that they could have done. 
But as I've gotten older, I've become more acclimated to the harsh reality of sick men in this world and still find myself wondering. What would have happened had my mother stayed inside a moment longer? Did he take other little girls? Was I the only one to escape? Was he ever caught? Would I have been sexually assaulted, imprisoned, or killed? Or all three? Who was that man, and what otherworldly force spared my life that day? Hello everyone. Something really, really creepy happened to me yesterday. I'm still processing it because, what the hell? Bit of context here. I live in Ireland, pretty peaceful country. Recently moved from Galway to Dublin. Moved to North Dublin, which is the rougher part, but it's still not too bad. I live with my family outside the city. It's considered the countryside. The area is pretty rural. It's just houses and farms, pretty much with no shops or stations nearby. Mind you, there are a lot of houses around, but we are all distance as we have big gardens. There are no sidewalks, and the road is pretty narrow and worn out. It's rare to see cars, so it's fine to just go on the road. I was going on my daily 2K run. Usually go out at around 6 p.m., but yesterday I had some studying to do and went out at around 9 p.m. It was pretty dark by then. Let me describe the experience. Imagine on the left there will be a house that's lived in, lights on. Then on the right you'll see a field, or farm. Then you'll see an abandoned building right beside and then an area of trees for 200 meters or so. This is pretty much the whole road. Not abandoned, but creepy enough to scare me at night. Anyways... I usually listen to music on my run with the volume all the way up so I can't hear anything. So I reach the area with a patch of trees. It's basically pitch black. The lights don't work properly. Occasionally they turn on and then flicker back off. So I need to use a flashlight to navigate. A song from West Side Story is blasting on my headphones and I'm vibing. And then the lights flicker back on, so that's great. But that's when it hits me. There is a figure standing around 30 meters away, like 20 meters from the road in the trees. First, I thought I was seeing stuff, but no. He was standing, still not moving at all. I'm creeped, so I keep running. I turn down the volume of the music just in case to hear the figure move so I can make a run for it. I speed up and pass the figure. I still don't turn up my music. After I'm around a hundred meters away, I turn up the music and try to process what just happened. Maybe I was seeing things because it was pretty dark. At this point, I'm long gone. However, I still have to come back home and usually walk back the distance I ran. So basically, I run 2K and walk back 2K. Again, I come to that spot. This time, the lights are flickering, but they are mostly staying on. I try to observe the spot where the figure was standing, but I see nothing. At this point, I'm creeped out. I turn off the music and start to run past that spot because I'm scared. And then suddenly, a man jumps across the street right in front of me. 
It looks like the same figure. I come to a halt for a second. I'm shocked, and then he starts moving, so I turn around and start running as fast as I can. While I'm doing this, I start screaming for help, literally screaming as loud as I can while running. I eventually run past the tree area and went to the area with houses. Someone heard me screaming and came out, asking if everything was okay. So I stop running and realize the guy is gone. I explain everything to the man. At this point, I'm completely creeped out and scared shitless. I still need to get back home, but my parents aren't home. They went over to their friend's house, so I'm left home alone. I asked the stranger for a lift because I'm not going back there ever again. Thankfully, the stranger isn't a big old creep and he kindly escorts me home. I lock all the doors and check everything to make sure I am safe. Shortly after, my parents arrive, but I don't tell them anything because I don't want to worry them. I haven't gone out for a run today because I'm genuinely scared. I'm terrified thinking about what would have happened if I was too tired to run and he caught me. I don't think anything else will happen though, but it's better to be safe than sorry. So, I was driving by myself on a highway in Maine, cranking killer tunes, slamming Mountain Dew big gulps, and sucking back American spirit lights. Decided to go hog wild at a Taco Bell drive through and ordered an enormous amount of food. Extra fixins. So I'm devouring the Taco Bell, had a full menu assortment. Live moss. Of course, about 40 minutes later, my stomach began seizing and cramping. There was to be no refunds, no returns. Luckily, I see a rest stop coming up in about two miles. I floor it and pull in. It's about 1.30 a.m. and it seems pretty vacant. There's no other vehicles in the lot. Windows steamed up. I assume it's just another road tripper who had to pull over to rub one out. We've all been there. No judgment. I get out of my car and run into the men's room. I was holding the bottom of my pants when I ran in because I wasn't sure I was going to make it. Finally, I'm in the stall, and it's not a good scene. Figuring I would be in there a while, I brought my smokes and a copy of Mad Magazine I always keep in my car for emergencies like this. I'm working on my fourth American spirit when I hear another person come in. Footsteps. Stop. I hear him taking deep breaths. I holler out. Hey man, I'd, I'd keep those breaths shallow. No response. I can see the dude's feet right in front of the stall. They're freaking huge. Got to be at least a size 17. Dirty as shit too. I sit in silence, staring at those huge shoes. Sudden ass blasts squeeze out, and the sound echoes in the empty restroom. All of a sudden... The guy starts pounding on the door, then grabbing the top and shaking it. I'll be out in a minute, you spaz! I screamed. Then it stops. I hear the footsteps again, and then a lot of squeaking. Then footsteps again, and the door opening and slamming shut. Of course, there was no toilet paper in the stall, and it was not a clean pinch as you can imagine. 
I had to use my mad magazine. Alfred E. Newman has never been so disrespected. I exit the stall and see in marker written on the mirror, See you outside. And it was signed, Nitro. I'm born and bred in Maine. I've met a lot of guys who go by Nitro. Not a one do I want to meet alone at a rest stop in the middle of the freaking nowhere. I'm terrified. I hatch a plan that I am just going to go for it. I open the restroom's door and sprint to my car. Not looking back, I just run. I hear a shuffle and footsteps behind me. I hear behind me. I left my car unlocked because it's a piece of shit and I get right in. I get the car going and do a bit of a burnout and speed off. I see in my rearview mirror the silhouette of a massive man. He threw his hat on the ground and began jumping up and down as I sped down the highway. No idea what this guy's intentions were, but this was easily a top five scary moment for me. And I really can't bring myself to take a shit in a public restroom since then. I was driving late at night on I-90 between Deer Lodge and Missoula, Montana. I'm originally from Seattle. I was driving back to Seattle after visiting family in Bozeman and Billings. The stretch of freeway between Deer Lodge and Missoula had some weird small mountain towns along the side, occasionally interrupted by large truck stops. Anyway, it's about 11.30 at night, and I'm on my way to my hotel in Missoula when I notice that I need to get some gas for my car. I stop off in this random small town with one gas station with a 24-hour pump. It had a convenience store attached to it, but it was closed. I get this really weird vibe from the station as soon as I pulled up to the pump. I hadn't turned off my car yet. I had just put it in park and the engine was still running. I was about to shut off my car when out of the corner of my eye, I see some dark figure come from the side of the closed convenience store and start running towards my car. Some instinct in my head kicks in, and I put my car back in the drive and got the hell out of there. I look back in my rearview mirror to see the figure chasing after my car for a few seconds. By that time, I make the turn that gets me back onto the freeway. I found a brightly lit truck stop about ten miles down the road where I filled up my car. Needless to say, that weirded me the hell out for the rest of my drive to Missoula in Seattle. I've heard it before, and I've experienced it that night. Strange things happen in the mountains. Oh, here's a quick edit. Some clarification of some things in this story. It happened in 2009, so while smartphones did exist, they weren't as prevalent or as good as they are today. Even with my flip phone I had at the time, I was getting next to no signal on it. I simply chose the first place that said it had a 24-hour gas pump. Secondly, the events at the gas station happened in a span of about 10 to 15 seconds. Yeah, it happened that quick. Arrive, park, go to turn off car, see dark figure run towards my car, put the car back in the drive, burn rubber out of there, see dark figure chasing after my car, 
tear ass up the on-ramp back onto the freeway. About as fast as you could read those sentences. That's how fast it happened. Finally, someone mentioned the story of the Wendigo. I've heard about these stories before, but I wasn't up isolated in the mountains. This was less than a 30-second drive from the freeway. One thing that I do know about the area of Montana is that it had a bad meth problem. It still does, as far as I know. I think the dark figure was likely a desperate meth head looking to rob someone. But after you've been driving for hundreds of miles, your brain will go to some weird spaces, given some time. I'll never really know who, or what, that figure was. I don't think I ever want to. I live in a pretty small town with one main grocery store. Last year, the store hired a new employee, a large older man, probably in his 50s. The guy would be stalking a certain part of the store, and he'd always strike up a conversation with me and try to talk to my kids. I would consider him overly friendly, but I'm an introvert, so I thought maybe it was just me. I was polite, but short. I think most people would have gotten that I clearly did not want to be bothered. Well, one day, a few months ago, he approached me and told me that it was his last day on the job and that I should come visit him at his new job, which was kind of weird in and of itself, because I do not know this person. I was relieved it was his last day because I always dreaded running into him. He just gave me a bad feeling. Like he'd ask me over and over if I needed help after I had already said no. He would also say weird things like, we were his favorite part of the day. It just made me uncomfortable. The following day, after his last day of working there, I had to run back to the store for a couple of things I had forgotten. I saw him as soon as I entered and quickly turned away, hoping to avoid him. I thought it was weird because he had said the previous day was his last day. I quickly walked through the store trying to get what I needed as fast as possible. I saw him down every other aisle. He looked like he was looking for me, like he was craning his head. I was picking up the last thing I needed when he quickly, practically running, came up and offered some chips he was eating. I declined. He started talking to me, asking questions about how I was, what I was up to, the brand of chips he was eating. He was just trying to make conversation with me. Then he started saying that he expected to see me at his new job again. I made some non-committal comment and was about to say, have a nice day and walk away. When he got very close, and I do mean like inches for me, Asked me how I was in a really weird way, and he was staring at my ring finger. I had taken off my wedding band when lifting weights that morning and forgot to put it back on. I said, I'm good, and started to push my cart forward when he freaking full-on hugged me. I do not know this person. I completely froze. I wished I had made a scene. I wished I had shoved him. I wish I had yelled. I don't know why I just stood there. Who freaking walks up and hugs a stranger? 
He stood back and looked at me to see how I'd react. He winked at me and said, have a good day, and walked off. I should have started screaming at him. I started literally shaking and bolted down the next aisle and started crying. It just felt gross. It felt like he was seeing how far he could push it. I was scared he'd follow me home or that he'd be in the parking lot, but he wasn't. I started crying when I told my husband about it. My husband was really pissed off at the nerve of that guy. He asked around about him at work, and some people that had gone to school with him said that I should be careful. It's such a small town, I frequently worry I'll run into him again. Next time, though, I will freak the F out on him. Many years ago, before cell phones, I had driven over to visit my grandmother and was on my way home. She lived in a very nice part of town. I had only recently got my driver's license, and in my state, you are required to display P plates in your car windows. The P stands for probationary, but we used to say pick on me or perv magnet plates. In other words, just displaying those plates on your car pretty much guaranteed you were going to be hassled on the road as a young person. And also, if you drove a small white sedan, you were likely to be female, all the more reason to be hassled on the road back then. So I turned out of my grandmother's street onto the highway. There was no traffic on the highway when I turned onto it, and I had driven no more than 300 meters when I heard this sudden loud honking right behind me, frightening the shit out of me. I stuck my arm out the window and waved, a circle signal motioning to pass me in case the driver thought I was going too slow, which I wasn't. The car then pulled out and began driving right next to me. All of a sudden, this creepy older-looking man in an expensive plain white sedan honked again, and was motioning at me to pull over to the side of the road and or wind my window down. I mouthed no at him. He got more insistent and looked angry as he continued driving right next to me, which is also illegal because he was blocking the entire highway. So the creepy man let off a few more short honks to make me look at him again and flashed this black wallet with some sort of raised metal, silver-looking crest on it. He was now looking ragingly angry and was pointing at the shield wallet in his hand, like he thought it meant he was some sort of secret police and had some sort of authority to pull me over. As far as I was concerned, I had done nothing wrong. He was not police. My car was recently serviced, so I knew there was nothing wrong with it. There was no possible reason for this creepy-looking guy to pull me over, and I was starting to feel more than a little frightened. I decided to brake suddenly so I could read his car's rear license plate in case he tried to run me off the road or something. The plate said C-D-E-C. -E Weird. I had no idea what that meant other than that it was notably odd. In a split-second decision, I chucked an immediate left turn off the highway and drove fast down a few back streets and laneways. This was the area I had grown up in, walked around with my grandmother so I knew exactly where I was going. I was so creeped out 
I did not check my rearview mirror for a couple of turns, so I had no idea if the guy tried to follow me or if he just took off down the highway. But either way, I lost him. Went to work on the following Monday and told the story, and one of my older colleagues said to me, That is a consular license plate, which means that the car belongs to a foreign embassy. Intriguing, but I didn't give it much thought, except in later years retelling the tale when I wanted to explain to people why I have a chip on my shoulder when it comes to middle-aged male drivers. Fast forward to now, when we have YouTube with endless true crime content on tap, and I watch cold cases and true crime shows, deep in the YouTube comments of a video about a young woman who vanished without a trace was a comment along the lines of, this sounds similar to a few cold cases around the world, where it is suspected that young women have been abducted by someone working for a foreign embassy, and diplomatic immunity means they could move around the world and keep doing what they do with impunity. Could that have been what that creepy man was going to do all those years ago on a beautiful sunny summer day? Could he have really abducted me in broad daylight? I went to a convention with two female friends and stayed in a downtown area hotel near the convention center. Caddy corner from our hotel was a chain drugstore. It was still light outside when we decided to go get some snacks to eat while watching Netflix that night. While my friends were looking at the candy, I stood back because I wanted chips and noticed a man next to me. He wasn't looking at the candy. He was watching me. They hadn't noticed, so when they picked up their candy, I whispered them to follow me. I picked up the pace, turned quickly down the middle and down an aisle. I told them there's a creepy guy here and to stay together. That's when I notice he's on the other end of the aisle. We keep taking turns down various aisles and he's following us, but walking where he's in between us and the exit. At this time, we were basically trapped at the back of the store near the pharmacy. The line for the pharmacy was long, but was full of men so we got in line and started talking to the men in front of us hoping it would scare off our stalker. We could still see him in the big globe mirror, one aisle down, waiting for us. We waited in line for 30 minutes to ask for security. The security swept the pharmacy and stalker guy had left. We were extra thankful when the security guard offered to walk us back to the front of our hotel. I don't know what the intentions that guy had for us, but I'm glad we never found out. I work on a cruise ship, visiting countries around the world. Sounds cool, but it's hard work and may put you in some weird situations. This day, I had been transferred from one ship to another. Usually, when you disembark from a ship, you leave with many other people disembarking and get into a bus hired by the company to take you to the airport. Well, this time it was different. I was leaving the ship in the middle of the cruise, and I was the only one. First time in that country, north of Europe. 
and I get out of the ship next to the crew admin and find two different cars, two different drivers to take me to the airport. She's the one making contact with them and she is lost. No idea which is the correct one. One of them starts already taking my luggage and putting it on the trunk. The other approaches to stop him and they start arguing badly in their language, which none of us understood. She asks then for the credentials of both to decide with whom she'll send me. Needless to say, my mind at this point is going far with ideas of human traffic and other possibilities, and I do tell her that. Her face seems concerned and confused as well the whole time. One of them gave her an ID with a picture and company logo. The other one, only a business card from the company. She then said she was gonna check them, and I thought, good, we'll wait to see what's going on here. But she straight away sent me to the first one, the one that has that ID card, as she said she knows the name of the company. Well, of course, I didn't want to go with that driver. At the car, I was sending messages to my mom and boyfriend, sharing my location and explaining what was going on. Also, I opened Google Maps to see if we were going in the right direction. The driver then starts doing a voice call, also arguing with someone in his language, and I try to download it as fast as I can, a translator, so I can record and get the meaning. When I finally got it, he finishes the call and does not start another. He does not talk to me at any moment and keeps an unfriendly expression. I proceed checking Google Maps, and to my despair, he does not take the route I was hoping for. He then stops at a place that looks like a bus station, leaves the car, and starts taking my luggage out. I ask what is this place, and he says it's the airport and we need to go to the immigration. I follow him to an entry, and it's a huge building, so I do believe it may be an airport, just a different entrance, but I'm not yet chill. He takes me to this corridor. We finally check my documents with an officer, and he leaves me there. Only then I finally breathed. To this day, I didn't find out if the other driver was official or not. Once you leave a ship, you hardly have contact with the people working there. It could be something very innocent, but maybe my gut doesn't trust that at all. I don't know if you'll consider this story really eerie, but I know how scared I was, and I wanted to share it with someone. I was at Walmart earlier this evening with my two daughters, one elementary school age and the other middle school. We looked around the school supplies for a minute and then rounded the corner to see the Halloween candy on display. As we turned the corner, a slightly older guy came too really close to us like he was in a hurry and almost ran into our cart. He didn't have a cart or any items. I said, oh, excuse me and then stopped in front of the candy to let my youngest ask a bunch of questions about the candy pumpkins. The man stopped quickly and started rummaging around the candies right next to my daughter. He was listening to our conversation and reacted strange when my daughter said she wanted to take a picture of the candy. He was twitchy and caught my eye and looked away quickly. 
We moved on to the women's PJ section to look around for a few minutes, and I noticed the same man passed by really close again. He was turning to the right towards the shoes with a big bag of candy cradled in his arms. My girls went across the aisle to the boys' clothing section while I finished a sighting, and when I was catching up with them a couple minutes later, that guy was winding through the boys' clothes towards my daughter's. He paused and looked confused or lost, but still like he was in a rush, and watched me discuss sizes with my youngest. This is when I started thinking something was off with this dude. I mentioned him to my older daughter, and then we moved through the partition into the girl's clothes. I didn't see him again for a few minutes, and I figured it was nothing, but then he came into that section and was acting like he was trying to pick out a justice shirt. He still had that big bag of candy that he kept adjusting his grip on. I kept seeing him take quick peeks at my girls, but then every time he saw me watching him, he pretended to be occupied in his shopping. I told my oldest that I thought he was following us, and she said she noticed the same thing, and I made my youngest get in the cart so I could keep them both close. They both liked to wander a bit. The guy then walked out of the girls' section, passing close behind me, but he looped around the partition back into the boys' section and stopped at an opening on the other side, but still in a straight line of sight. He caught my eye again and twitched. Then he pulled out his phone, texted someone, and walked away. By that time, I was on high alert and possibly getting quite paranoid. I looked around and saw two other slightly older men standing around. One was in electronics, kind of looking at a half-empty display of something. But I swear he glanced at me several times, even though there were three or four racks of clothes in a hallway with occasional people in between. The third guy had wandered into the girl section and was apparently considering buying a justice shirt too. Every time he saw me noticed him watching us, he wandered down to the baby aisles, but he kept coming back after a couple of minutes. I realize now, looking back, that if I suspected something bad, I should have gotten my girls out of there. Clothes shopping for a picky preteen isn't fun, and I wanted to get it done and over with. On top of that, I kept second-guessing myself that the two other guys were just a coincidence. I kept my girls really close, and after we moved to the women's section, I didn't see any of them again, and I stopped feeling creepily that we were being watched. Now it's the middle of the night, and I'm pretty freaked out, wondering what could have happened if I didn't notice the first guy, and continued to let my girls wander around. Should I report this? I can't imagine anything would be done just because I noticed some guy watching my daughters in Walmart. I'm sorry if this seemed like a long story. I wanted to put in all the details because I don't know if I'm just being paranoid or not. Either way, make sure you keep on high alert anytime you go shopping with your kids. I'm a bit nervous of how this will be perceived, but I'm going to put it out there anyway because this is my creepy story. For context, I am 20, and at the time of these events, I was around 12 to 13. 
So I grew up in a very rural area. Like, my town was so small, it was legally considered a village. My house was one of four on the span of 40 acres. My childhood home, my grandparents' house right up the street, and then two neighbors. One of the neighbors, not the subject of this post, we will call him T, had been living across near my family for as long as I can remember, and he rented out a trailer he owned, which was inhabited by the fourth neighbor, the subject of this post. We will call him J. Jay and his girlfriend, who we will call A, had moved in a few months before these events, and I hadn't really met them. I knew of them, but hadn't interacted with them directly. The day I met Jay and A was extremely awkward, as I was a kid and didn't really want to talk to them. But my grandma had made me go with her to drop off some vegetables she had grown in her garden. When they came out after my grandma knocked on the trailer door, I was first struck by how they looked. I know that sounds bad, but I'm not judging. I know both of them were addicted to meth. My grandma started the conversation, and I tried to be polite as I was raised to be by introducing myself when told to do so. I wasn't really able to finish my sentence as I noticed Jay was staring at me very intently. He looked like he was either mad or hungry, or maybe both. Not the creepiest off the bat, as they both seemed polite enough and I brushed off the stare as just him trying to be polite, looking at me as I spoke to him, as most people do. The creepy part is that, as time went on, he began to try and be near me more and more. He'd ride his bike past our house over and over for what seemed like hours while me and my brother played catch in the yard with baseball gloves and a softball. Then he began to go to church with me, my brother and my grandparents, He'd make sure to sit right next to me in the back seat of the car as he rode with us. If my brother tried to sit in the middle so I wasn't right next to Jay, he'd throw a fit about how my brother was squishing him against the door. Then he began coming to my grandma's house when she'd have me and my brother after school offering to tutor me with various subjects. What really scared me was that I had begun to see him walking near our house at night, trying to shine a flashlight into my window. He tried various times to get close to me, tried to convince my parents to let him teach me how to golf, tried to help me practice my catching positions for softball, tried to get me to go with him and A to the movies, and none of these things ever included my brother, only me. Things finally came to a head when I was playing with my dog outside in our front yard. She was a boxer. And he started repeatedly doing laps on his bike down the road again, staring at me like he did the day we met. I was extremely uncomfortable. I've always had a very good intuition about people, and something was always just off with him. But that day I was terrified. He parked his bike right in the middle of the road and got off. He started walking towards me at almost a jog, and I just kept backing away. What happened next is why I believe that dogs are a better judge of character than people could ever hope to be. My boxer ran up to him and launched herself onto him when he was about six feet from me. She tore into his arm and I saw blood. I screamed and my mom ran out shortly after. 
She was trying to pull my dog off of him, but as soon as she was able to, holding on to the dog's collar, she started yelling at him, asking him why he was in our yard with me alone. He couldn't answer her and just started running back to his bike, riding back to the trailer. My grandma ended up driving him to the hospital as JNA didn't have a car, and I learned later he got 16 stitches. He never gave a reason as to why he was approaching me, and they moved out shortly after. Haven't seen him since, and I'm still terrified to this day to ever run into him again. And that, dear listeners, brings a close to these true creepy encounters. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you comfortably. If you're awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. Until next time, please take care of yourselves. I'll be reading to you soon. Have a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good evening. Peace, love, and light to you all.
Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com.